Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, president of uh, Employco. With me is my brother and partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. And Jason Eisenhut, our vice president of HR. Hi, everyone. Working the board as usual, Nikki Navarro, uh, remotely. So uh, he's coming to you from uh, his secret remote location. But uh, thank you, Nikki. So today, uh, our uh, our topic is uh, with the election being over. And uh, all indications uh, that President, uh, uh, the new president will be Joe Biden come January 20th. We wanted to uh, talk through a few uh, the top five employment law changes uh, that we expect from, uh, from Joe Biden when he becomes president. That, uh, and, uh, you know, Jason, some, most of these are things that, uh, as you've done some research, that have either been on his website or in his campaign. So they're they're not uh, just us guessing. Yeah, they're not surprises. Um, and he'll face some opposition, obviously, from the Republican side. So who knows uh, the likelihood of some of these getting passed. But yeah, he's gone through and we picked out the top five expected employment law changes that we'll see over the next four years. Um, the first one starts with the Affordable Care Act. And just over the past few days, we've seen some developments from the Supreme Court. Uh, looks like even if there's some kind of decision in favor of uh, California v. Texas, it probably won't set or completely dismantle the Affordable Care Act. It might just be uh, some minor tweaks to it or, or dealings or decisions in favor of um, kind of maybe some minor changes. But Joe Biden, President-elect Biden, has specifically said he wants to uh, strengthen the Affordable Care Act, provide more coverage to the under and uninsured, uh, so and also maybe potentially uh, removing access to these limited uh, medical plans where it's either limited duration or limited coverage. So he's looking to strengthen and bolster the Affordable Care Act. So, so Jason is, uh, you know, the Supreme Court, they, they said they won't, we won't know anything until next year. How does, uh, how do you think uh, President-elect Biden will go about getting that, uh, getting some of, is some of that's going to have to go through the Senate and the House or is it going to be executive orders or how, how is he going to get his, uh, his game plan done? Yeah, so a lot of it depends on how the over the next few days some of these uh, Senate and House elections finish up, and maybe in a couple years what, how that shakes out with elections. Uh, it might be something minor over the first couple years, and then if Democrats gain a little bit more control in the next next kind of off year term two years from now. Uh, so it's really a wait and see. But yeah, it it could be through executive order or his uh, negotiations with the House and Senate, where it was kind of a wait and see approach. I think you're going to see more executive order just for the fact that I think the Senate's going to go Republican and going based off of Chief, uh, Chief Justice Roberts questioning, it sounds like they're going to kind of keep the uh, ACA the way that it is. And uh, I think you'll end up seeing him do a lot of executive orders because usually in the off cycle, the president loses seats in the House and uh, the Senate. So I, Unless something drastic happens, I don't see there being an increase of uh, Democrats in uh, the House and Senate in the uh, midterm elections. Just talking historically, yeah. And which uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with the ACA. So now uh, it'll also be interesting to see what he does. He said that when he comes in, it's going to be shock and all. He's getting rid of all the Trump stuff, but. Uh, didn't in the last month or two, didn't Trump just sign some executive orders that, where uh, drug companies have to either limit their charge or disclose their charge and offers more substantial discounts to people? So I would think things like that 
hopefully will stay in place and, and help people. Yeah, and one of the other things that just was kind of also in progress and kind of number two on our list is uh, the Trump administration Department of Labor had recently introduced some proposed updates or law changes to uh, independent contractors, uh, making more people potentially eligible to be independent contractors. So what we expect to see with President-elect Biden is that uh, the preference on the Department of Labor side to be shifting more towards classifying additional workers as W-2 employees instead of independent contractors, giving those employees those protections of unemployment and benefits and some of the, the taxes. That's a huge issue, uh, especially, you know, in California, you saw, which affected a lot of our a lot of our clients. Actually, we have a lot of new clients in California uh, that came in during uh, 2019 and 2020 uh, that were paying their sales reps or whoever on a 1099 basis and they you can no longer do that in california though i know lyft is is still fighting it heavily and uh trying to trying to get that flipped but uh i think you uh, I, I agree with you you're going to see that you know they want to do away with the uh the gig workers yeah one of those protections for w-2 employees that independent contractors don't get actually leads us to number two on our or number three on our list is employee leaves of absence paid time off so we got a little bit of a taste of it with the FFCRA family's first coronavirus response act. Uh, so that provided some federally mandated paid leave to workers uh, and still in play, at least through the end of the year. And who knows if President elect Biden will extend that into 2021. But he's uh, hinted that his preference is to kind of offer and introduce a, a indefinite paid leave program, uh, maybe along the lines of the FMLA. So that FMLA currently provides 12 weeks of job protection unpaid time off. That could flip to 12 weeks of paid time off matching the FMLA duration. So we'll see on that piece if uh, he's successful. Obviously, there'll be some business op- opposition to it, uh, but that's his preference to uh, try and get some federally mandated paid leave for employees uh, over the the next few years while he's in office yeah that'll be uh, uh and that'll be a big issue uh, i i know the republicans have fought it for a long time from an expense standpoint but when you look at uh, people working remotely people uh working with uh, kids uh, have to be home to because their kids are in school uh, i think that flexibility i don't think he'll get that much resistance if he's going to as, as it goes through to the uh, house and senate on an issue like that so what's next on your list jason labor relations so uh joe biden has been vocal in his eagerness to bolster union representation either through quickie elections or through appointments to the nlrb Uh, so we'll we expect over the next four years to see increased union protections and increased union activity and representation uh so again so a lot of the unions that we work with hopefully that strengthens some of their their core base and allows them to kind of expand uh but yeah that's something that we're expecting to see over the next few years more union activity more union protections for for the workforce and and that's something that uh president obama was pretty uh pretty strong uh issue for him over his eight years was uh uh, labor uh, labor relations strengthened the NLRB, and then uh, with President Trump, he kind of dismantled that. Uh, as a much bit. Union took a hit under uh, under Trump, so not surprising that uh, you know, he he wants union labor to increase. And uh, number five on your list is minimum wage. Yeah, so for the first time since two thousand nine, uh, one year before my daughter Kelsey was born in two thousand ten. Uh, 
the 2009 is when the current $7.25 limit was put into place uh, and still there today. Uh, over half of the states in our nation have minimum wage above the federal level. Uh, but what Joe Biden has pledged to do, he's looking to seek to get to $15 an hour federal minimum wage. And that could be staggered over a number of years or and probably not going to happen in 2021. But maybe we'll see it in steps in, by the end of, I don't know, 2023, 2024. Maybe we'll get there. But yeah, he, he's looking to get that minimum wage on the federal level to $15 per hour. You know, changes on a federal level is not a, a bad thing. A, a, a big challenge for, for us and a lot of our clients are when you see cities and counties, uh, and we covered, this in a, we covered this in a podcast about six months ago or so uh, with some mid-year changes, when you've got areas like, you know, in Chicago, Chicago and Cook County have different rates than the state. But then when you go into uh, California, Los Angeles, there's like 12 different wage uh, minimum wages, which it, it, it gets hard to keep up with, make sure you're in compliance. And then also when you're close to that border, you know, when you look at a town like uh, Des Plaines or Elk Grove Village in the suburbs of, of Chicago, they're in both counties. Right. So you've got you've got half the town at one rate and half the, the other. So it ends up the, the you know the the less expensive side end up they've got to comply with the higher rate anyways because you know if you're uh, if if you're going to apply for a job on the on the west side of town versus the east side of town you're going to work on the side that has the higher wages or or move your business from to the less expensive side if you can if your rent and lease is coming up and you might move your business two blocks away or or one town away or one state away. Uh, yeah, a federal level, kind of getting all the states on a uniform level would, would be helpful from a, an employer and employee standpoint. Right. And you saw, you know, there's been studies uh, up in uh, Seattle as well as St. Paul versus Minneapolis over the last couple of years where St. Paul and Minneapolis have different wages. And, you know, the trickle down effect of uh, what is the, you know, your cost when you go to uh, a McDonald's or a local restaurant the, uh, the wage base is going to have an effect on what the price is of the meal you order. Yep. All the pizza places are moving to the other side of the street where it's cheaper. And their sales are going up. Yeah. So, but it would be good to have, uh, I think it's time, you know, when you look at 2009 was the last increase on, on minimum wages it, uh, on a federal level. It, you know, it, it's overdue. So, And but, speaking of the pizza places, one other piece that Joe Biden had mentioned that he is looking to implement is the elimination of the tipped reduced minimum wage for tipped workers. So all employees may be at that $15 an hour, including tipped restaurant workers. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if, again, that faces probably some stiff opposition from the Republican side. But uh, if he gets his way to what he's kind of pledged to do during the uh, campaign process, it, we could be seeing all workers, tipped and non-tipped, all at that $15 an hour within the next four years. You know, we saw that in a, in a few cities across the country, and the reaction that uh, some of the employers then took were that uh, if I have to pay a waiter or waitress the same amount as uh, as everybody else, they were going to claw back some of those credit card tips. Right. So it becomes, uh, you know, a, a disincentive for uh, for your wait staff. Mm-hmm. So some some inter- interesting insights, uh, Jason and Scott, on what to expect from from Joe Biden over the next, uh, you know, his I, I wouldn't say the next four years, but probably the next next year or next ten months or so. Yeah, that's where I think you're going to see him want to make a big change and 
you know, it's rare that a president can continue that through the whole first term. It'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens. Right. Usually they're, uh, they've got the big measurement of the first 100 or 120 days. Yep. And then it dies down until about a year or two uh, before the election, you know, or the re-election campaign starts. But unlike Trump, though, who started his campaign uh, re-election, uh, I think it was what, the day after the inauguration. So, and, you know, and I think when you look at the next, uh, you know, the, the House elections are every two years, uh, people will start laying the groundwork. Uh, next year, or, uh, almost immediately as soon for as they sure. get in office for for reelection, so I think uh, as you know, the and the media, a lot of the media got uh, got it wrong. The election was a lot closer than everybody uh, everybody expected. At least on the media, said it was going to be a, a, a landslide, and the Republicans picked up several House seats, and they've uh, and they're retaining the Senate. So it was a lot closer. So a lot of the media got it wrong. So I think, uh, and usually mid historically, like I was saying earlier, the midterms usually go to the group that is not in the White House. But you know, having if the Republicans do retain the Senate and the Democrats have the House. I think you're going to see less of the swing because it's already going to be kind of pre-balanced between the two different parties running things. But, you know, based on how 2020 has been, how everything's been upside down and, you know, no one really back a year ago at this point in time thought uh, 2020 was going to go the way that it's gone. Right. If you go back to uh, President Clinton, then Bush, then uh, then Obama, they yeah, all they, they give up uh, their, their first two years. They all had the majority both in the Senate and the House, yep. and uh, they uh, all of them lost the majority in the House. Right. So well, who knows? Well, like you said, 2020, it's been a uh, been an interesting year. So but we yep. uh, we appreciate everybody joining into the podcast uh, for this uh, this issue we'll be back in a few weeks with another one if you have any questions send that to hr at com, and we're also on all the social media linkedin and facebook reach out to us any way you can we'd love to hear from you i think we even now have instagram i believe oh, that's um, right that Nikki, be- uh, Nikki navarro's got us on instagram so you can follow us on instagram as well so it uh and uh, we're uh, a few of us are in the office. A few of us are remote. So at some point, uh, at some point, we'll be uh, we've got a new studio that's uh, almost uh, almost completed. So, yeah, but we in the past pre uh, pre pandemic, we were recording in the three wine guys studio that studio, yeah. from them, the three wine guys. And well, this, uh, this will be an upgrade. So better sound, better acoustics. But for now, we're uh, all on laptops. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we uh, and if Nikki found uh, we're doing this on Squadcast. So, yeah. but thanks for joining us. We will uh, we hope to uh, have a, another podcast out in the next few weeks. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks Thank so much. You.